Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Peyton, she's still awake, guys. We got to keep reading. This is too good. If you're reading this, it's too late. Secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch, book two, chapter 11. And we are on page 258. Stolen, and nobody's heard a peep, exclaimed Grandpa Larry. His, his, the kids had emerged from their tent to find the sun shining and Cass's grandfather standing over an empty pillowcase with the remains of their food supply. They were both shaking their heads. How in the heck did he get it down? asked Grandpa Wayne, sounding more impressed than angry. He must be the first bear with opposable thumbs. And so picky, too, Grandpa Larry marveled. He took our Zinfandel and Camembert, but look, he left the cup of noodles in the instant oatmeal. A gourmet bear, that's a first, said Grandpa Wayne. Maybe he has future in the circus. An eating bear, I don't think it has the same ring to it as a dancing bear. Now, maybe if he could cook. The kids looked at each other. They were all thinking the same thing. That bear was no bear at all. Anybody, anybody, want, anybody want to go fishing after we make oatmeal? Grandpa may, asked Grandpa Wayne. I figure we better catch lunch while there's trout still biting. With, the, with that thing, Cast asked, pointing to the taped together fishing pole leaning against the tree next to Wayne. So what? You think fish are going to notice? The kids laughed. If it's okay, we'll just hang out here, said Cass. Then maybe go on a little hike later. Well, don't go too far. We don't want to get in trouble with your mom, said Larry. As soon as the grandfathers left to go fishing, Cass and Max, Ernest, and Yo-Yoji crawled back into their tent. Come on, said Cass. If we don't figure out how to get the name name of the jester before lunch, the homunculus will never come with us. She pulled the sound prism out of her sleeping bag and held it up. So how do we open it? asked Yo-Yoji. They'd spent about an hour the night before trying to answer this very question until they'd all fallen back asleep. Cass touched her finger on the silver band that circled the prism. Are you sure these don't mean anything? They're just lines? No, I'm not sure. How could I, how could I be? said Max Ernest. But if the decoder didn't pick anything up, I don't see how we could. How we could. I can't. Can I see it? said Yo-Yoji as he took the ball from Cass and turned it around in his hands. Careful, said Max Ernest. It's old and very valuable. Hey, look, said Yo-Yoji, succeeding in loosening a band. It spun around. I told you, now it's broken. Dude, first of all, why are you hating on me all the time? What, what do you mean, said Max Ernest, sputtering. I'm not. Yeah, you sure you aren't. And second of all, I'm pretty sure it's supposed, supposed to spin like this. What, like a combination lock or something? Let me see, said Max Ernest, obviously skeptical. He reached for the sound prism. No, let me, said Cass, reaching at the same time. As they coiled, the sound prism dropped out of Yo-Yoji's hands and fell into a bump in the middle of the tent. And it split into two even, into evenly into two. It hit the rock, Yo-Yoji... Yo-Yoji picked it up in half and peered inside, one after the other. Well, good news, 
Good news is that we opened it. There wasn't a trick, it was just stuck. And the bad news, asked Cass, look, there's no name inside, just a poem. Engraved in Albasser, the poem spiraled around the inside of one of the half of the sound prism. Tiny letters looked like the inscription on the inside of a ring. Have you read it, Yoyoji said, handing the two halves to Cass. I'm kind of dyslexic. Max Ernest. Max Ernest looked at Yoyoji about to say something, but then Cass started to read it. Okay, it starts in the middle. My brother is a the god of the sun. He gave me his wand and I gave him my lyre. My father is Z, god of all in one. I gave him my word. I'm no more a liar. No more am I a thief, just god of thieves. See, what need I do to lie or cheat or steal? I have tricks in my cape and up my sleeves. I have wings on my and I have wings on my helmet and on my heels. I put wit in my in thy tongue and in thy head and when i touch thine eyes thou knowst it's time to cross the river sticks and join the dead and the last thing thou hurst will be my rhyme for in the end it is all just a game that's all thou needest to know to know my name what okay so um, a, I, A, I, hmm, interesting, A, I, Z, it's like A's, A, I, Z, okay, let's see here, ah, it's so annoying, we don't have time for this, said Cass, putting down the two halves of the sound prism, what does this mean? What's the name? Yoyoji shook his head. I'm not really good at this kind of a poem. The kind where you don't rhyme. Plus, it sounds like an, it sounds like it's like Shakespearean. I think it's a kind of a riddle. You can tell by the way it ends, said Max Ernest. Can I see it? I mean, if I'm allowed. Ha ha. Cass rolled her eyes and handed him the two halves of the sound prism. Max Ernest looked inside. Well, the river Styx is from a Greek, myth- Greek mythology, right? It's the river on the way to Hades. Okay, yeah, maybe. I mean, okay, said Cass. Think about it. That means if it was a secret code, Greek mythology would be the key. So A is Apollo, Z is Zeus. Nice, said Yo-Yoji, looking at Max Ernest with new respect. You're pretty good at this stuff, bro. I guess. Hey, Yo-Yoji, Max Ernest hesitated. Well, one of my doctors also thought I was dyslexic. So I know lots of exercises you're supposed to do. I could show you if you want. I didn't usually like exercises very much, but I'm sure if you think they're good. Yoyoji wasn't all that much better at emotions than Max Ernest, but he had an idea what Max Ernest was trying to say. Cass smiled to herself. She knew better than to ruin the moment like this by saying anything. 
Cass's grandfathers didn't seem at all surprised by the kids' sudden interest in fly fishing or in their even more sudden interest in Greek mythology. Grandpa Larry loved mythology as much or more than Grandpa Wayne loved fishing, and he considered it perfectly natural that his granddaughter would ask who the Greek god of thieves was. Ah, well, there's a story that goes along with that, said Larry, as Wayne cast out over the lake with his makeshift fishing rod. You see, before before he was really good god of anything, he was just a mischievous little boy god, and he stole herds of cows from his big brother Apollo. Apollo went ballistic in order to appease Apollo. Zeus made him return, return to the herd. The problem was two cows were missing. Their hides had been turned into strings and strung over a tortoise shell, making the first lyre. Luckily, Apollo loved music so much that he forgave his little brother and even gave him a magic wand in return for the lyre. And that's how the little boy became not only the god of thieves, but the god of magic as well. That's a great story, said Cass impatiently, but what's the god's name? Finding the homunculus's trail wasn't very difficult. They identified it by all the bones and scraps in the candy wrappers. But the homunculus had left in his wake. Following the trail was another matter. In order to avoid all of the low-hanging branches, they had to crawl, they had to crawl most of the way. Ouch! These scratches aren't good for my eczema, said Max Ernest, complaining as he pushed branches out of his face. And I know my allergies are going to be really bad. Forget your allergies, said Cass. If we don't have the, the name right, we're, gonna we're going to have it a, lot, a lot worse problems. Uh, they knew they were getting there when the bones on the ground started appearing closer together, mostly little leg and thigh bones, but there was the occasional whole carcass, a bird or a squirrel, and two or three bones from larger animals that the kids preferred not to identify. Finally, about a quarter mile up the campsite, they reached a clearing in the woods. Here, there were so many bones, the bones were so dense that they created a carpet. It was gruesome, but with the dappled sunlight from the canopy trees above, not an unfavorable sight. On the other side of the clearing, surrounded by a circle of rocks, a campfire blazed. A pillar of smoke curled upward. The smell of grilling meat filled the air. Look at that, said Max Ernest. What if the ranger sees? Forget the ranger. What if there's a forest fire, said Cass. I don't know. Smells pretty excellent to me, said Yo-Yoji. Behind the fire, behind the fire, stood a tall tree, a fir tree with a, with a burned out base. They all jumped, startled when the homunculus stepped out of it. It better smell good. I've been cooking all morning. And don't worry about the ranger. I know his schedule. He'll be on the other side of the mountain right now. Cass decided not to lecture him about fire safety. Instead, she took a brave step towards the homunculus and asked, So, uh, Mr. Cabbage Face, was the jester's name Hermes? Oh, that's who they were asking for at the Midnight Sun. Shh, but you said, sure, sure, but the name has power. In case you haven't noticed, mine is made, mine made me rise from the grave. Sorry, I didn't think about that, said Cass. Pale. So, you want to have three wishes, Cassandra? I get three wishes? 
of course not. Why does everybody always think I'm some kind of genie? The homunculus made a loud hacking sound that might have been a laugh. His brown, broken teeth made his mouth look like a jack-o'-lantern. You know, I would have found you. I would have found you eventually if you just called a few more times," said the homunculus, studying Cass. "Pretty resourceful, tracking me here in the mountains." "She's a survivalist," said Max Ernest proudly. Cass looked downward, suddenly embarrassed. "Ah, uh, well, that explains it. Come on now, we can talk business later. Let's eat." The homunculus made them all sit around the fire. Nearby, he lit up piles and piles of food on a bed of pine needles. Hey, that's our food. You stole it, said Max Ernest, recognizing the camembert. Don't get your knickers in a twist. It's not all yours. Some of it's from other campsites. Besides, continued the homunculus blithely, that camembert needs at least a week before it's going to ripen. And the Zinfandel has no nose at all. How can you drink such mediocre wine? Now, if you like, I have a mind, a wonderful Chateau du Pape, courtesy of some hikers from Montreal. He headed up. He held up a fancy bottle of wine. Those fellows had taste. Yoyoji stopped him before he could start pouring. Um, do you have anything else? We don't really like wine. The homunculus looked appalled. You don't drink wine? Don't tell me you're beer drinkers. I don't take you for such ruffians. They shook their heads. We don't drink beer either, said Max Ernest. So then it's liquor for you, said the homunculus, relieved. I agree. Quite why, why monkey around with soft stuff? So what can I get you? Vodka? Gin? It's a very nice single. I have, oh, I have a very nice single malt scotch. They shook their heads. Tequila with a squeeze of lime? Not the classiest. True, but what the heck? We're camping, right? They shook their heads. A drop of cognac? They shook their heads. What are you insulting my hospitality for like this? The homunculus looked distressed at them. We're kids. We drink soda and stuff, said Max Ernest. You know, you know what's in soda? Sugar and food coloring and diet soda? Worse. I refuse to let you destroy your bodies with soda. The homunculus drew himself up in a huff. Cass was about to point out that it was a little hypocritical of the f- for him to forbid soda, when judging by all the wrappers they'd seen, he had plenty of candy. But when, but then, she thought better of it. They compromised. They comprised with lake water purified tablets in that Cass had in her backpack, and then they proceeded to feast on all of these stolen goods. Or rather, the homunculus did. The others didn't really have much of an appetite. All they could do was stare at the long gray hairs that sprouted from his nose and his ears, and they tried to avoid smelling his breath. I'm sorry, they're so little, said the homunculus, his mouth full of cheese. He held a charred sausage in one hand and barbecued drumstick in the other. He might have looked like a munchkin, but he ate like a T-Rex. Make do with what's around. My life isn't what it used to be. Gone are the days of dining with King Henry VIII. You ate with Henry VIII? asked Mass Ernest. In a manner of speaking, I ate with his hogs. So the story we read was true? Are you the, are you about you escaping from the hogs with the jester? Cass asked eagerly. Well, I don't know what you read. I'm sure some people wrote all kinds of things about me, but that's what happened that's what happens when you're a celebrity. But yes. The kids watched in fascination as he snuck as he sucked the marrow out of the chicken bone 
with lightning speed. Then he tossed the bone into the pile behind him. And the jester, he was, was he really a jester? Asked Cass. Of course, why wouldn't he be? Not the funniest, maybe, although he w- he thought he was. You know what they say about not laughing at your own jokes? Well, he never learned it. I knew it, said Cass. And what about Lord Pharaoh? The homunculus scowled. What about him? Well, the story said that you met each other after, years after you ran away. What happened? I ate him, said the homunculus, biting into the sausage. The kids couldn't hide their looks of horror. He smiled, sausage juice running down his chin. Oh, don't worry, I cooked him first. I'm not a barbarian. Sadly for me, he was not a young man anymore, so he wasn't very tender. But even old flesh isn't bad, if you know how to prepare it properly. The key is to brown the meat first before you s- to seal in the juices. The kids all shifted nervously on their pine needle seats. What's the big deal? Meat's meat, right? You know what they say, tastes like chicken, right? Although, honestly, more like pork. I don't care how it tastes. I could never eat a person. Cass shoved her pile of food away as if it were a person in question. I thought you were a survivalist. You'll never last in the wild if you're so squeamish, said the homunculus. Personally, I would consider it an honor to be eaten, assuming I was already dead, of course. Can you die? asked Yoyoji. The homunculus eyed him suspiciously. Why do you want to know? Uh, no reason. Yoyoji said, except these guys said that you're 500 years old. You forgot to say that I'm and looking pretty good on it. Cass put the sound prison back into her sweater pocket. So Mr. Cabbage Face, am I supposed to give you this? Is it, is, it's sort of yours, I guess. No, it's yours. But please, would you play, would you please play the song? It's been a while since I've heard it up close. Matter of fact, no one's ever called me on the sound prison for, for a couple hundred years. Last one was a boy named Gilbert. Excuse me, Sir Gilbert. What a spoiled brat. Cass obligingly tossed the ball into the air and played the same song that it was that it always played, but it was different with Cabbage Face himself there. Listening, the homunculus looked at the ground, lost in time. Was that a tear in his eye? It was hard to be sure. She had to ask. So then, am I the right rightful heir of course you are said the homunculus i could tell that the sound prism is yours in a second when i laid eyes on you you could how Cass asked in amazement those pointy ears of yours just like the jesters anybody could see those from a mile away Cass felt her ears redden at the homunculus's words the jester i'm descended from the jester she couldn't believe it somebody else had walked this earth with big pointy ears target of jokey ears she tried to remember everything that she'd read about the jester and the way he'd saved the homunculus from his terrible master he may have been named after the gods of thieves but the jester hermes was a hero and somehow in a way he was hers who then was the little girl named on the birth certificate Cass wondered suddenly she was about to ask a homunculus when she realized his information could be hundreds of years out of date. Answer, the answer would have to wait. <clears throat> Max Ernest pointed to the sound prism. You know, the midnight sun are looking for that. They already stole it once. Ah, the homunculus's face darkened. So they're still at it, are they? You didn't know? It's hundreds of them, at least. S- plus, Miss Mavius and Dr. L, they're the worst, said Max Ernest. Well... 
I don't get it out much these days. Just to get a bite every now and then. Cass's ear, Cass touched her ears to make sure that they had cooled. <sighs> the reason they want the sound prison is because they're looking for you. Not for me. The gr- for the grave. The grave? Yo-Yoji asked. Lord Pharaoh's grave. Where do you think he's been all these years? I'm guarding it. Or, where do you think I've been all these years guarding it just in case? Why do they, why do you, they want to find it? Would it really be bad if they did? Asked Yoyoji. Oh, I don't know. It's the end of the world, bad destruction of everything you hold dear. Why? What's inside of it? Yoyoji persisted. Waste. Lord's Pharaoh, Lord Pharaoh's waste. The excitement, excrement of evil. You mean his, Max Ernest Redden, poop? No, although believe me, his bowel movements were bad enough. When I was little, I had to clean out his chamber pots. The homunculus shook out of memory. No, I mean the remains of his chemical work. I buried it all with him. But as I tried, I couldn't destroy it. Its power never dies. It only festers. So it's kind of like nuclear waste, asked Cass, like radiation. I don't know about that, but if you say so, you have to come back with us. And we'll take you to Pietro. He'll know what to do. He's the leader of the Turkish society. The Turkish society? Homunculus laughed. Sure, why not? They'll protect you, said Cass defensively. Uh, What can they do? Bunch of librarians, he pronounced the words as if it were a terrible insult. Just keeping records. How does anybody help anybody? There was a silence for a moment. The kinds found in... The kind that found it hard to defend the Turkish society. After all, they didn't really know very much about it. Like Cass, then Cass did what any good survivalist would do. She improvised. Well, there are also a few chefs, Cass said, emphasing the last word. Chefs, echoed the homunculus. Yoyoji jumped up. Yeah, you should see the meals. They're like full-on banquets. More food than you can eat. Double that. I doubt that, scoffed the homunculus. But they could tell it sparked interest. Well, more food than we can eat, said Max Ernest, catching on. But it would be just the right amount for you. All the meat you can want. And they always they always sear it. Everybody's totally juicy and delicious. Well, not everything. Like the thing of natural... Only things that have natural juices. I mean, but there's a lot of them. How about that? Yeah, they make crown of toast every day best you've ever had said Cass she wasn't sure what crown of toast was but it sounded like it was something that somebody ate with the king's hogs might like hmm said the homunculus he hesitated maybe it's not such a bad idea to check out check in with the Turkish society after all everybody I know died 200 years ago maybe a new a new crop isn't useless if they know how to cook a good crown roast, that obviously speaks well of their character. Great, said Cass. You won't regret it. Wait, how are we going to take him back with us without your grandfather seeing? Whispered Yoyoji. Um, we'll figure it out by tomorrow. Cass scanned their surroundings as if the answer might be hidden among the bones in the ground. Well, we have lost Peyton, and that's okay. But we're almost done with this book. I think we're going to finish it tomorrow, guys.
Okay, uh, talk to you later. Bye.